millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. 
future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Now, noblegoldinvestments.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. All right, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? We are live, at least I think so, on Rumble. And we are joined today by two absolute warriors out of Pennsylvania. Um, these two, Gregory Stentrum, Leah Hoops, I'm sure you're familiar, you know the names. They were in Gettysburg. They've been fighting the election uh, the election fraud apparatus since day one. And we were just talking backstage about how they have so many irons in the fire, so many different cases, so many different injunctions, going all the way back to December of 2020. And today, I well, the other day I got a text from Leah saying that they have a case uh, that's going before the Supreme Court. And uh, <clears throat> it's it's a writ of certior, cert. How do you say it? Writ of certiorari, right? You got it. Certiorari. See, uh, just forget it. You guys know what I'm saying. Uh, regarding the 2020 election, we're not talking about the 2022 midterms. You guys know the last time they were on the show, we talked about the injunction to stop the certification of 2022. So at first, I assume we were talking about that. But no, we're actually talking about uh, a case regarding 2020. And it's taken all this time to get through the lower courts. And now, so now it's going to be going to conference on January 20th. And they're going to decide whether or not to hear that case. So you guys want as many eyes on this as possible, I understand. And I'm happy to have you guys on to talk about it. Um, so let's talk about the case. Uh, what, what is the substance of this case? What exactly are we dealing with here? You can take this on, Greg. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, if we're talking about the SCOTUS case, the December 2020 election, and in, in the 2022 election, our allegations are essentially summarized by saying they substituted fake ballots for real ballots. And one of the things that people are very confused about is, you know, the ballot that they filled out uh, wasn't counted. The ballot you may have, uh, uh, the vote that you have made, may have made in a election center or, or uh, one of your polling precincts wasn't counted. Votes were substituted, uh, fake votes were substituted for your real votes. That's been the subject of our book, theparallelelection.com. It's the subject of our cases, and we have hard physical evidence that can prove that. And we've been trying to get uh, an evidentiary hearing or just any hearing since December 2020. So the December 2020 case uh, concerned the general election. And we said that they substituted, they did the wholesale substitution of 200,000, approximately 200,000 votes of the 327,000 counted. And in a nutshell, the case, the case was dismissed by the judge, Judge Capuzzi, dismissed the case, uh, wrote an 11-page uh, order and opinion that was uh, scathing, venomous towards us, called us contemptible, vexatious, unclean hands, sanctioned us for $50,000 apiece, um, and just, you know, just ripped us apart. And we had no due process, no hearings. Everything was done behind closed doors with a, a select group of GOP and DNC attorneys with no transcripts, no official records, nothing. So we submitted that to the Supreme Court. And the main two questions in the Supreme Court, we actually have three. Uh, there are nine total questions for the Supreme Court, but we have three. And the three questions we have are number one, um, in the case of wanton spoliation, the destruction, alliteration, fabrication of evidence related to elections, should that imply that an adverse ruling, 
should we say that an election is in, at, at least at a minimum not able to be certified? We think in our cases that the election shouldn't have been certified. We're not asking for an overturn. We're not asking for, you know, Trump is our president. We said in Delaware County, you illegally and fraudulently certified the election. That's case number one. And you spoiled the evidence. That's question number one. Question number two is during the 2020 election, for the first time in election history, they created a new class of observers. This was done through litigation and, and like Act 77 and all types of, of, of uh, new laws implemented around the country, which centralized counting centers in key counties, 32 counties, basically decide the 3,200 counties, the elections. Delaware County was one of them. So they created a new class of observers, and they put these people inside of pens. And they said, well, you're allowed to observe and kind of watch this kabuki theater, but you're not allowed to intervene. Now, by law, by federal law, and by Pennsylvania code, specifically election code, we there's, there's people withstanding include, first of all, the candidates, and second of all, certified poll watchers. A certified poll watcher is an intervener in accordance with Pennsylvania law and U.S. law. Now, we walked in, and Leah and I, when we walked into the polling center and the wharf and so forth, we walk in with our certified poll watcher certificate and says, we're certified poll watchers. Now, I don't mind being somewhat restricted because you can't have people wandering around these centralized counting centers. We weren't being unreasonable. But what we said was, hey, we're allowed to observe pre-canvassing when you're sorting all the ballots. We're allowed to not so much challenge the ballot, but just say, hey, look, at I, those mail-in ballots there, you know, I'd like to look at a couple of them. You know, I want to make sure that they're from the precincts you say. We're allowed to do that by law. What they did is they said, no, you can't see anything. You can't touch anything. You can't see any evidence and so forth. So we said, do we have standing or do we not have standing? The third most important, the third question was, look, if you find that the court, lower court erred in their ruling, you know, they should have had an evidentiary hearing. They should have made a ruling. They should have allowed us to introduce our evidence. They should have made a ruling on standing and so forth. Do you send us all the way back to a two-year trajectory where we have corrupt judges, we have corrupt district attorney, we have a corrupt attorney general, we have corrupt DNC politicians, we have corrupt GOP politicians, you know, we have this entire cabal of corruption. Are you going to send us back to start over for two years ago? Or will you hear the case yourself? We think that you should hear the case, meaning you being the Supreme Court, or alternatively, in our case, would be the Third Circuit which is where Judge Alito, who is a SCOTUS justice, would sit and preside over a trial and once and for all put a fork in our evidence and say, hey, there was no fraud now that we've reviewed the evidence, or Lee and Greg and the people like Maricopa County and Kerry Lake are right. There was fraud. It was a fraudulent election, and we have an illegitimate government. At that point, the only thing we've asked the Supreme Court was, you should decertify the vote. Everything else above that, Nick, is above our pay grade. Now we go to the legislatures, the Congress. They have to figure these things out, probably have to go back to SCOTUS. But we're just taking care of our homes right now. And that's what the subject of the SCOTUS case is. And the difference between our case, and I'll close this and we'll move on to other questions because we have the Commonwealth case and our current case. The difference between 
our case and the Brunson case, which was recently denied, and then the Bonner slash uh, McClinko case, which was denied, is our case is quantitative evidence. The other cases were qualitative. The other case is also from a matter of standing. In Brunson's case, he's an individual citizen. Can, can okay. I stop you right there to explain? Sure. What do you mean by the difference between quantitative and qualitative evidence? Because those are big words, many syllables, and uh, I just want to make sure we're clear on that. So qualitatively, what they said was that the Congress, Brunson, in fact, sued 388 members of Congress. And he said, you abrogated or you did not perform your duties. You were required to perform an investigation. And by abrogating those duties, okay, you contributed to treason. That's a pretty big charge. Now, that charge has merit. They did not do an investigation. And the allegations that Brunson made had merit, which is why it made it through the courts. And he brought it up through the appellate procedure. What the lower court said was it's a futile case because the remedy you're requesting and the relief you're requesting is that you overturn the election. You haven't given us anything qualitative, quantitatively. You haven't given us numbers. In Leah's right. and our case, we said there's 327,000 ballots, okay, that are in question that would impact the outcome of the Pennsylvania election. So there's all types of laws as, will this make a difference? Well, absolutely. 327,000 votes is more than the 80,000 votes that Biden got. That's quantitative. We're giving hard numbers. We're saying there were 120,000 fake mail-in ballots. There were 50 to 70, you know, there were 50,000 uh, V-Drive electronic ballots that we questioned. Okay, so now they can look at that and they said, well, let me see your proof and your evidence of that. In the Brunson case, it's like, hey, you should have investigated. They're like, well, that's quali- qualitatively. There's no, what are the numbers? You know, give me something that I can act on. In the McClinko case, they said, the, the it was unconstitutional. So that's qualitative. The Supreme Court, what do they do with that? They look at that and they say, well, if it was unconstitutional, now what do we do with it? So it's Bonner. Uh, it's actually Bonner, Plinko, but uh, they listed the case under Bonner, on the, uh, and they heard those cases on the 6th. So with our case, we're saying there was spoliation of evidence. We have testimony. We have affidavits. We have photographs, video audio, emails, texts, where we can definitively show that there was fraud committed. That's a case that they can sink their teeth into. The second part of it is we're asking for a remedy, a relief that they can grant. We want a trial. We just want to be heard. The Supreme Court looks at that and says, well, we can grant that. That's within our power to grant. It, and and, right. and and if they, they could extend that and say, well, you know, until we hear this, the certifications in question, we'll be happy if we just get a trial. So that's where we are with the SCOTUS case. And we're hoping for the best on the 20th. And um, and, you know, we have a Commonwealth case in our current case we can talk about. I don't know how much time we have. but <clears throat> I've already taken up too much of the time. And I and I know there's a, a whole lot more questions. No, we, we have time. We have time. I just want to make sure all these things are clear. So you guys are asking SCOTUS um, for a, effectively an opinion. Um, so in, it, typically they would send this back to the lower courts. You don't want that because that would delay justice. You guys want this to be heard by the actual Supreme Court, and you want a trial, uh, a, a grand jury trial, right? A, a trial of any sort. It's up to the court. What we did is um, I think one of the mistakes, you, you can't dictate to the court what their remedy will be. We said, basically, we said, 
we would like you to do this, you know, remand for further consideration. And we said in the body of the statement, we said we would like the Third Circuit. Now, if they send it back to Common Pleas, well, we're stuck with that. But we just, but the Common Pleas Court would get the direction of the Supreme Court and says, you will have an evidentiary hearing, you will do discovery. So they may send us back to the Common Pleas Court, which would be less satisfactory to us, but we would like them to hear it. So it's remanded for further consideration to set aside the judge's order of dismissal, which we think was, you know, he erred in his judgment, and to actually have a trial for the case. Wherever that trial is, we'll 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 go wherever they tell us to go. And, and you'll win. And you'll win. I and think we'll the, win. the main thing here is that despite the fact that you guys cause because remember, let's remember, they had whistleblower footage of James Allen and Jim Savage in a in a different case explaining how they were going to uh, basically fabricate the entire election results and destroy evidence that was supposed to be delivered under a FOIA request. So the the problem here is that you guys have never made it to the point of an evidentiary hearing. And if you get it, then we know that you'll win it. The problem is that they haven't let you get to that point, either by um, delaying and trying to trying to drop things on a procedural basis or just running out the clock and then saying that it's moot. Oh, the election was two years ago. Sorry. But as we discussed on the phone, the reason it's been two years is because the courts and the attorneys, the saboteurs involved, uh, delayed the entire process. So if we can get you guys before, you know, and actually have, if you guys can actually have an evidentiary hearing, I know that you'll win. The, the evidence is out of this world. And if you wanted to just uh, talk a little bit about the evidence of spoliation, then we can we can do that because I think it's important for people to maybe maybe we are already aware of this, but to just remember. Um, so this this case, this is not the case regarding Jim Savage and James Allen. This is the original case from December 2020. You guys remember there was uh, poll watchers being blocked from the ballot counting room, uh, the sorting process. They blocked you guys at every turn, and and specifically in this back room where. You later found out there was like 70, 80,000 mail-in ballots that they were effectively hiding back there. And to go back to your point that you said in the beginning of the show, your entire uh, theory, not theory, but you know your assertion, uh, you have evidence, exactly. Your assertion is that what they do, how this whole thing works, is they completely replace the real ballots with fake ballots. And so those ballots in that back room were the real ballots that they later destroyed along with the mail-in ballot envelopes, the machine images, and, and, and all of this stuff. And you guys have evidence upon evidence of that fact. Correct. That is correct. And we're, we're actually building, we, we've, it's been reaffirmed over and over again um, in the 2022 uh, primary and in the most recent uh, general election as well. So we have a bunch of people that have been, I mean, fantastic. And these are, you know, they got involved because of the book and because of our speaking events and they took interest and they've been going to county council meetings. They've been going to election board meetings. And these are very, very intelligent people. And they've become warriors uh, from filing right to knows to, um, you know, observing logic and accuracy testing to catching them in lies and documenting I mean, it, it is just the same behavior from 2020 to 2021 to 2022. And it, it just reaffirms and it, it corroborates our evidence, um, you know, since since our filing in December of 2020. And they're obfuscating uh, in the counting centers. Um, and now it's uh, they're even more brazen 
uh, with, with what they're doing and they have no regard because they feel like they're never going to be held accountable. Um, so Delaware County is very hot and heavy. Uh, we just received, I just want to give you a little bit of an update about James Allen and Jim Savage, the, the dynamic duo. I received a, um, a writ of summons, uh, and it is, we are being sued by Jim Allen and James Savage for defamation. So uh, John McLean, if you if you read the book, he was the um, the uh, coward attorney who's now on the board of elections. Uh, who, this was your attorney, yes, right? In, in and, the very beginning in November did, of 2020, that was actually worse than the than the Democrats. Um, he's and, now, and the GOP sent him in to sabotage you yes, guys. Yeah, yes, that is correct. Um, he's been a part of the machine for a very long time. So. He says in a, in a recent uh, Board of Elections meeting, because he was getting so much flack from, you know, all the, all the libs that, um, you know, they're wasting taxpayer dollars talking about Greg and I. And, um, you know, we're, we're, you should sue them. So John McLean says in a, in a meeting, he goes, oh, we're, we're, the county's going to definitely sue them. Well, the government can't be a harmed party. So we lied to the public. So instead... Within days, we've received this writ of summons that we're being sued for defamation in Delaware County by James Allen and Jim Savage, which just means it's like in preparation for a petition that's about to be filed. So that's most interesting. Yeah. That will will never see the light of day. Yeah. And I I just want to because we kind of glossed over this very important detail that effectively. So you guys, the GOP sent in Bill McBlain to represent you and then. He sabotaged your case, and we could talk about that, how he sabotaged the case. But then after the fact, this guy who was suing the Board of Elections is now on the Board of Elections. So the guy got his reward. He got his, you know, his 30 shekels for for sabotaging you guys. The guy is now on the Board of Elections. You can't make this stuff up. And he's on the prison board, and you know, and he's on multiple solicitorships. So there are multiple cash and prizes. And what we're going to say is, there's a substantial amount of motivation within uh, the GOP and within the county to have sabotaged that. And in their own writing, they had private hearings. You know, they had private meetings between McBlain, the solicitors, and the judge. They had private meetings of which there are no transcripts where they quote-unquote, amicably settled this, and they looked at Leah. They said, Leah and Greg are just, they're just, they're just, shenanigans was the word they used? Shenanigans. This is all shenanigans by Leah and Greg. We amicably settled all of this, which is a blatant, you know, violation of our civil rights, civil procedure, uh, rules of professional conduct uh, and ethics for lawyers, uh, abuse of judicial discretion on the judge's part, I mean, the number of, of uh, violations of law, ethics, common law are just astounding. And these are the things that are uh, at, right now in front of the U.S. Supreme Court for their adjudication. Yeah, there's a lot of backroom deals going on, it appears. And so that's that's a big part of the Supreme Court is the, the corruption of the, the prior judges and the attorneys, the saboteurs. So is, so is that the reason you guys are now pro se, meaning representing yourself, is because of your experience with these attorneys? Did you want to talk about that anymore? Sure. Um, so what we found in, uh, we fired our last attorneys uh, because of how they completely exploited us. Um, but uh, also what we've seen is the cowardice amongst these attorneys. And also, again, with the backdoor deals, which we just 
just discussed. Um, and the way that we do our filings and our motions, uh, we talk obviously a lot about constitutional uh, uh, constitutional um, rights, and we talk about our civil rights, and we really are vicious in our filings, and we are not kind in, in any way, shape, or form, and we, we destroy uh, their narratives, and, um, you know, you won't see lawyers doing these, these kinds of filings, and it also provides us um, a little bit of leeway, too, with the court system when you are representing yourself. They give you a little bit, a little bit of a leeway there, um, but it's great because you get to write what you want, and it's, we get to exercise our First Amendment. And that's to redress our, you know, our government right now. And um, it's it's been it's been pretty amazing uh, what we've accomplished um, on our own. So I, I think it's it's it actually a lot more people are doing it. We have a um, a good friend of ours, Mike Miller, who's um, fighting the good fight in Lancaster County. Uh, he is also pro se, and it's happening all over the country. So. Yeah, we've we've all seen the sabotage of attorneys across the board, and and so. You guys representing yourself pro se, you're going right for the jugular, and you're not afraid to do it. You're not afraid of getting sanctioned and stuff like that, which is, I think, what explains a lot of the cowardice of, one, attorneys are reluctant to take these cases at this point because out of fear. They don't want to get sanctioned. They don't want to stain on their reputation. And then if you, if you do get the attorney, then half the time they're put there in place to sabotage you or they're completely self-serving, and they, uh, they, they, they attack these cases with with cowardice you know so i don't blame you of course you know at some point you're going to represent yourself because you're the only ones willing to go uh take this thing all the way so we're not not just representing ourselves nick we're representing uh i want to be clear that we're representing i'm going to say the common people we're representing you if you're a republican or you're a democrat either way the people that we're fighting are the actual corporate bodies of the GOP that don't represent necessarily. They don't necessarily represent Republicans. We're we're attacking the DNC corporate body, which doesn't necessarily represent Democrats. So we're I think in a, in effect we are also not doing our duty as citizens, but we're representing other citizens because we have standing. And it's our duty to do so. So we're representing not just ourselves, not Leo Hoops and Greg Stenstrom against the world. We're, we're it. We're the only people. We're the only voice for the citizenry. And and, and I want to be clear that we're, we're doing this, I think, on behalf of uh, all citizens. And you're doing this, your part, by, you know, airing this. Right. We, we absolutely look to you guys as warriors fighting on our behalf. Absolutely. <clears throat> I think that I think that one goes without saying. And uh, like I said, you know, you know, Greg, we were talking we were talking on the phone and I don't know how well you guys remember the backstory when they were blocking the observers from the count and all that stuff. But effectively, you guys went and got an um, a court order to allow you into that back room. They still tried to block you. They still tried to block you. I think it was under the guise that you're oh, you're poll observers and you have no rights and all this stuff. Well, Greg actually was willing to fight, get into a fist fight to get into that back room. And that's the only reason that we know about those 80,000 mail-in ballots that they had stashed back there that they were trying to hide. That's why they had everybody blocked. That's why they had everybody in a pen, uh, you know, away, 25 feet away and all this stuff. But you fought your way back there, and now we know. Effectively, we know how the entire game system works, where they replace the ballots. And we wouldn't know that had you not been, as you said, an a-hole. We need more a-holes. We need more Karens 
I did we... say that. <laughs> huh? You did say that, I did right? say that, yeah. Those are your words, not mine. That's the truth. But in this case, it's a good thing. Well, the uh, law enforcement was, uh, you know, at that point, that, that, that we have to say sometimes law enforcement, they, they, they got jobs to do. They have families to feed themselves. But at that point, you know, we had an injunction in our hand, a court order in our hands. And we're going back there. They, they knew we had rights to certified poll watchers. The law enforcement did. And I think at that point, you know, when I said, look, if we've got to go asses and elbows and, we, and, and we've got to get into a fight on national TV, I'm willing to do that. I'm the guy with the cert. You know, I'm, I'm allowed to go in. I'm a certified intervener. I got a court order in my hand and you're being ordered by a Democrat solicitor, you know, to fight me. So do you really want to get into that fight? And I think the law enforcement in that case said, hey, we're not going to get in a fight with this guy. You know, so I think that's part of why they they, they didn't have a choice but to let us back in. Right, because at the end of the day, you had a court order in your hand and they were going to lose at the end of the day. So and and so on top of that, another thing is um, you guys effectively set up this sting operation with the with the right to know requests. When you knew, because you guys already knew how the game, how the system worked, you had whistleblowers giving you information about how they were destroying stuff, and you had submitted right-to-know requests, and then had whistleblowers on the inside, because you knew. You Mm -hmm. knew that they could not turn that stuff over to you, because one, it didn't exist, and two, it would expose them. And so you knew they were going to destroy all this stuff. So you had whistleblowers with with cameras, body cams, Mm -hmm. back there recording them, Mm-hmm. destroying all this stuff. That was also your doing. There's yeah. so there's so many things that we know, thanks to you guys, that we wouldn't know. And, you know, a lot of people are kind of a, what's the word, black pill, you know, d- disenfranchised with the whole process, like, ah, oh, this is going nowhere, blah, 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 blah. You guys have no idea how much these two people have accomplished just by, just by continuing when one door closes, opening two more, putting uh you know multiple irons in the fire at the same time instead of like we talked about how Arizona has uh, tackled this as one big gigantic case covering everything you guys are going uh with injunctions you're challenging this you're challenging that and it just never stops with you to you, you you haven't given up <clears throat> um and I don't know if you guys feel like uh talking about the 2022 election or if you want to continue with the other two cases yeah absolutely i I just want to say something real quick um we were held back a lot by stephanie lambert uh and tom carroll uh and told not to say certain things so i'm I'm so happy because nick you were the you hit the nail on the head back when we first started talking and interviewing with you you called it a sting operation and um yeah it it was It, it that was greg and me that was our strategy, um, and we had we knew what they were going to do. And you are one hundred percent correct. That was a sting operation, um, and it worked out quite perfectly because uh, we caught them and, and knew what they were about to do. Um, so, Nick, you're, you, I got to tell you, you of all the people, I, I always talk about you. Of all the people that um, you know are followed, you always you have that intuition, and you are spot on. Like I'd say, like ninety eight percent of the time. Hey, thanks. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not that, um, I'm no legal scholar and you don't need to be. I, well, be I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, it was obviously a sting operation, man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, what else do you call it? Well, well, not, not many people will catch on to those, to those little details, but, um, so I just wanted to say that real quick, but into the, uh, we, everything that we learned from 2020 and the, and the more investigation that we did in 2021, um, you know, we brought forth to the 2022 election and we were well prepared 
uh, even more prepared than we were for 2020. And thanks to, um, you know, the, the, the deep divers and the people in Delaware County that have been helping out and filing right to nose and everything that we talked about, uh, we had, you know, there was people that were put into place um, through other groups, you know, to watch the logic and accuracy testing, um, which they didn't do according to law, um, and to um, understand about unverified mail-in ballots. And there was, at the time, there was like 25,000 um, mail-in ballots that were sent out to voters that were not verified. Just, just um, in Delaware County, though, that we, County. I think the statewide number was something like 265,000. Yes. yes. And uh, the last time I had you guys on, I was a little confused about the unverified voters being sent mail-in ballots. And I, I think I understand it a lot better now. So uh, in in Pennsylvania, uh, the law says, like, you can register without providing identifying information, but you have six days to verify your identity, right? Mm-hmm. Six and- days after an election. Mm-hmm. So it could be any time before the election, but you have six days after an election. That that, that time window closes. Uh, just to be, I just want to be clear because these are all points that we brought up. But you can, your dog can register to vote. They can register to vote, but they have to be verified before they can be sent to vote. Registering well, to vote and applying for a ballot. These are two right. different processes. Um, that that get intermingled, especially um, you know when the uh, when the defense likes to create their their excuses of why they sent out those. You should never receive a ballot unless you've been verified. Right. I, I think you guys probably remember that story. We covered it. These these two hundred sixty five thousand uh, people in Pennsylvania being sent ballots that were not verified voters. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what you guys found out is a lot of those ballots were counted. You know, and they not only were they counted, but they went behind themselves and tried to destroy those people from the uh, the, the registration records and act as if they never even existed. Right. Yes. Right. They started what they started to do is they started to uh, delete uh, application numbers. So there's you know, you get when as soon as you go in and you apply for a ballot, you get a number. Right. So everything has like a forensic trail. And the only person that knows that number is supposedly supposed to be the person that applied. So there are certain things in the SURE system, which is uh, the, the uh, registration system for Pennsylvania, that you're allowed to see. Now, the application number is not something for the regular public to see. So we had someone who deals with major numbers go in and put everything together and figured out that they were actually going back and canceling the application itself. So, you know, After they counted the vote. After they counted the vote. Now, so, why would you do something like that? Well, that's how you cover your that's how you cover your trails. How you hide the fraud? You in, you invent you invent a voter, you invent one, or right, you do it unbeknownst to a voter. Because remember, everywhere that we've you know talked about whatever state, people will walk into a polling place and go, and they'll say, "Oh, well, you can't vote in person because you applied for a mail-in ballot," and they know that. The people that vote in person are majority Republican. So then if you don't have your ballot with you to surrender in Pennsylvania, then you have to vote provisionally. Right. So then you have a historical amount of provisional ballots. Then they all get thrown out. Or right. If you 2020. Right. If you do have your ballot, then you surrender it and then you can vote in person. Um, But the, the whole system is is meant to be chaotic. Uh, for a reason, and so that's, how they, that's how they, part of the part of the the fraud. 
So are, the, are, the, are those people that go, because I've, I've wondered how this works, those people that go and they're told that they already voted, what I assumed is that those are people that they assumed weren't going to vote because they hadn't voted in the last right. two, three elections. Right. So they tried to cast about on their behalf, but it just so happens this election they decided to vote and now yes. this person goes in and they're like, you already voted. Is Are those yeah. the people that they're targeting? Some, yes. some. Or, or these are people that, that they have generated an application number for and voted for. So what they'll do is they'll take the in-person vote, right? And they'll say, oh, okay, well, you already generated an application and you've received your mail-in ballot, right? So now that you have a vote, the county has a vote, and then the voter goes in and goes, well, I want to vote in person, but now I can't because I don't actually have that ballot. Or, right, so now the, the person who has the possession of the vote is the county, because they have an application, right? And they say, oh, well, we sent that out. So there's one vote. Think about how many times that happens in a county and then in a state. It's happening everywhere. Or they go in and they and they actually vote in person, right? And, and the county counts the mail-in ballot that they applied for, and then they cancel out the in-person vote, which also happens because mm-hmm. they're not reconciling the precincts. There are so there's a multiple um, avenues and pathways for them to steal the vote. Now, it, start, it starts out, Leah. It starts out the surface area, which allows this. Now, you guys, you know, this is uh, you know, you're going over the the details of how they do it. But where our complaint goes down, to, you know, we don't try to explain all this in the complaints. What we say is, when you don't comply with election law, which is designed by the election. Assistance Commission, you know, attorneys, the legislatures, manufacturer experts, the procedures for mail-in ballots, okay, they are designed in, in logic and accuracy testing and so forth. They design them to protect the integrity of the vote. So what we said in our filings is we don't try to, we don't go down every rabbit hole. What we said was if you do not follow the procedures as they're written in the law, which says, you have to verify a voter before you send a mail-in ballot. Okay, that is what provides the surface area for all these variants of fraud to occur. If you do not conduct logic and accuracy testing properly in accordance with law and you create your own procedures, okay, if you don't test the mail-in ballots beforehand, you end up with Maricopa County. I got 19-inch ballots, 20-inch ballots, 21-inch ballots, I got 25,000 unverified ballots in Del- our county, Delaware County. We don't know where the hell they went. They destroyed the envelopes. They destroyed the images. They destroyed the ballots. We don't, and then they destroyed the, 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 the database records. Mm-hmm. Who the heck were those 25,000 people? Where's the last place an illegal alien is on election day? Polling place. At a polling center. Yeah. Here, I'm going to walk in. I'm an illegal alien in my entire presence in the United States is dependent on me being invisible, essentially. I go down and I get a license so that at least if I get pulled over, why do they get a license? Checkbox, registered to vote. They don't want illegal aliens to vote. They want to vote for them. Right. They want them on file. They got their registration. So an illegal alien, is an illegal alien going to vote? No. no. I'm not going to go and vote and commit a felony that's going to get me ejected from the country in front of a law enforcement officer and poll watchers and everything else. That's the last place I'm going to be if I'm an illegal alien. So they have a complete, you know, go card to take their take that unverified ballot 
okay, run it through, vote the way they want to vote. Is the illegal alien going to come back later and say, hey, wait a minute, I didn't vote. <laughs> you know, I showed up on a reg- you know, voter registration or, you know, somebody voted for me. No. So that is one of the reasons they want illegal aliens. And, and I guess I don't know what the proper, you know, if I'm, I, I'm a hope I'm not offending anybody, but I've always used the term illegal Let alien. Not, you're not offending anybody on this so show. Ali- an illegal alien is someone who's, who's in the country, you know, without having gone through immigration and so forth. But they, you know, the legislatures have allowed that they get licenses. They at least want them to be on the road to the license. But how do they make the jump? You know, get by all means, if you want to give them a license, you know, give them a license, give them a license, you know, give them a path to citizenship for that matter. But what you don't do is you don't allow them to register to vote. I mean, that's insane. And that's one of the things they use. That's the element of fraud. OK, so when they broke when they break the law, when they when they do not, you know, use the law, they do not comply with the law, they create surface area for the fraud that we're talking about. So I just want to be clear with the audience that our cases don't go down all of these rabbit holes. We're not contemplating our belly button. We say, hey, look, you sent out mail-in ballots that didn't do that right. We have testimony from the clerk of elections, and she admitted it. And she said, yes, we sent them out. I says, who told you to do that? Well, Jim Allen did, Robert Wright did from IT, and the solicitors did. Okay, what solicitors told you to break the law? And she starts to answer, and they go, objection. Judge immediately says, sustain. I said, well, what was, that was the point of our entire line of questioning. It took us an hour to get here yep. where she's and- admitted what she did. And, and, she, and, and we said, we believe you. She was complying with orders. She didn't just make a decision on her own to, to violate law. She's not a bad person. Most of the people, they've tried to characterize us as, 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 you know, we think everyone's a criminal at the Board of Elections. No, we don't. Most of those people are our neighbors. We know them. The vast majority of people there are, are doing their jobs, and they're doing their jobs as directed by a handful of people. Those are the people that we're targeting. And I think Leah has a, some specifics there. And, and, again, she's she's more of the – she's lived here her whole life, and she knows Delaware County. So I think she's got a couple of things to add to that particular thing that I'd like to – I'm going to give just a little bit of a picture um, – so in the nine-hour so-called hearing uh, that we got, we were actually fighting the judge more than we were fighting the defense attorneys. Um, I mean, Sounds he, like it. He's just as corrupt as, as the rest of them. Um, I mean, he was he was letting objections, uh, sustaining them without even a reason, um, and, and you just know, to, just interrupting to- interrupting our witnesses and not allowing expert witnesses on the on. I mean, it was it was insane. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive 
radioactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill which may never exist. But believe it or not, I may have found the next best thing. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviewers can't be wrong. Simply place your order now to get 51% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com. www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com And just to add to that, we saw the same thing in Maricopa County with the judge. Uh, it was like one, totally one-sided. Any objection from the defendants was sustained. Any objection from the uh, the plaintiffs was, you know, overruled or whatever. And so you guys experienced the same thing. And with what with what Greg was just saying, I, the reason that they sustained the objection is obviously because the way you set up the question. When you said who told you to break the law and mm-hmm. she started answering you've set up the pretext that the law was broken so mm-hmm. of course the judge is going to shut that down because he's covering for the defendants um you you set that question up perfectly just to to give any name in response to that question implies that the law was broken so you you, you caught him there that's why probably well, um, we admitted our complaint. The, other, the other part of it too is that um from what i I've, I've read um <clears throat> what we've read and studied is common law says that the solicitor um, is the one that's responsible uh, for informing every single elected um, election official in what they're supposed to um, keep, what laws there are. They are supposed to be 
majorly informed because if they, let's just say they do throw away something. Okay. And they go, well, I had no idea. Well, then you got to point back to the solicitor and say, well, common law says that it's your responsibility to inform them of what they have to retain every practice that they go through the it that they have to use that is what the law says so the bigger fish for us is is not so much you know the clerk it's the solicitor Mm. who is giving all of these orders okay and committing major major uh, crimes so um, I just wanted to kind of point that out and for people to understand that these solicitors are, I mean, these are terrible people um, who are, uh, who have gone after Greg and I and our, our, uh, our lawyers um, and the public. Um, and uh, it, it's disgusting. I mean, they should be disbarred. Uh, actually, they should be behind, behind bars. But um, I just wanted to say, um, you know, you had said earlier, Nick, you're like, you know, I'm no, I'm no legal expert. Of all of the people, okay, we've met a lot of lawyers, worked a lot of of attorneys. They're dumb. They're dumb, and they don't know the law. So, and listen, uh, us common folk with street smarts, we did an excellent job in that courtroom. And I'm going to pat myself on the back, and I'm going to pat Greg on the back, and you should pat yourself on the back because we get it, and we keep it truthful and real. And when I cross-examine Jim Allen, okay, I put that man to shame, shame when I crossed him. And it was specific to the logic and accuracy testing of the machines, which they did not do according to the directive. The directive, which is given by the secretary of the Commonwealth. Okay. It's from the election code. I drilled that man for, and you could just see his face. He went from like being in this confident, you know, smug jerk to his head going down like this. He admitted on record, he admitted it in a courtroom under oath that he did not follow the directive and the Pennsylvania election code, okay, for logic and accuracy testing. He also admitted during the cross-examination that the images from the Blue Crest mail sorter were deleted. Really? Yes, he did. He goes, well, um, well, I, I said, do you still have the images from the Blue Crest sorter? Uh, are those the images of the mail-in ballot affidavits? The outer, the outer envelope of the envelope. Okay. It records every outer envelope. So it actually takes a picture of not only the envelope, but it's very specific to um, – There's it takes a, 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 a picture of the signature on the outer gotcha. envelope. These are to be kept for 22 months according to the law. Um, and there's state laws and then, you know, so on and so forth. But when I asked him if the images were still, you know, if they still existed and he goes, well, you know, that's a really hard question to answer. I said, no, it's not. I said, it's yes or no. Are they there or are they not? Well, you know, the the technology, I said, no, 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 no. I said, focus. Yes or no. And he goes, well, they might still be around. I no, no, I and I'm going, oh, okay. so they're either there or they're not. So you don't know is what you're saying, which means if you go all the way back, that you weren't informed by the solicitor that you have to keep those records. But then again, you're the you're the supervisor of elections, so you Correct. should know that regardless. He has a duty but, to know. Actually, he had a duty what, to know. He no had a duty what, to know. Huh? No matter what. Yeah. He said right. it on the record. So he, even if he tried to claim ignorance, he's already screwed because it's yep. his duty. 
It's a yeah, statutory then, now obligation. Now you've got fingers pointing. You, mm-hmm. you go, Jim Allen goes, well, I didn't know. And uh, I, I'm taking direction from Manly Parks. And then Manly Parks goes, well, no, I told him. And now you have two people that are in cahoots with each other pointing the fingers. And th- these are the things that we start to point out in our motions. This is this is how you, you start to you know get them to, to look at each other and be like, oh, boy, who's going to cover for who? Who's going to break first? You know, who's going to come forward? And my bet is it's going to be Jim Allen. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yep. I, so I guess this is where the street smarts come in, where you set these people up where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yep. Yep. Now, now normally we wouldn't discuss this. Like, as a matter of course, during a trial or during a legal procedures, you know, the, the, the conventional wisdom and actually the directives uh, are that, you know, civil procedure, we're really not supposed to discuss these things. We're supposed to let the court take a trajectory on these. But the reason we're on the show and we're saying these these very uh, blunt uh, statements is because what we're fighting is, you know, a judge who issues an order, given all the things we just said, oh, there was no evidence. Mm-hmm. There was no evidence. I mean, literally, we're fighting that. We're fighting the county solicitor, Martin, William Martin, screaming at citizens at a county council meeting, you know, Sue me, sue me. If you sue me, then I'm going to, you know, sue you back and we're going to get sanctions, you know, abusive process. And so he's he's beat red, screaming at people. okay, and threatening people. John McBlain is threatening people. He's reading findings of the judge. They're trying the case in the public eye. They're saying they're poisoning the jury. They're presenting the narrative that they want to present. So this case has no merit. These people are crazy. And then they present the case that they want to present. There wasn't a scintilla of evidence. We did a reconciliation and we were 100 percent, which is a complete lie. OK, they did not do a return board report for the first time in history that we know of in, in at least 20 or 30 years. They didn't provide a return board report, which is required by, by law. So they don't have a reconciliation. They, they, they violated the law. They violated the counts. They violated, a, they have to do a, a recount of the votes. They have to do a, a select number of uh, audit. The, the, the audit completely broke those procedures. And what we keep telling them and what we're doing differently this time, and what I think when people you know listen to us, they go, what can we do? Which what we're doing is, and this is part of a strategy that we're happy to talk to anybody about is, you've got to put litigative stakes in the ground, in pitons, the whole way. Because they'll either, if you do the whole case as one big nut, they'll just dismiss it and they'll never hear it. But by doing you know, a complaint, injunctive hearings, and say, you know, our very first complaint was you, you didn't do LNA testing properly. Well, you have to have a hearing for that. Okay. Now, they threw us out for lack of standing because they said we only had standing on election day. We come back the next day, the very next day, with a candidate, Nicole Messino, who's now part of our case, and, and, and she bravely stood up, okay, and she did a very, very good job because we had to do pro se. She represented herself yes, she uh, very well in court, very well in court, and she went in there and she slugged it out with them, and we went in the next day and we said, you sent out unverified mail-in ballots. And then we went in for another injunctive hearing, says, hey, listen, before you certify the vote, Okay, we want to see these images because you prevented us from seeing the ballots and presented prevented us from seeing the mail in ballots. 
which we had a right to challenge, which we had the right to look at. The only cure to that now is let us look at the images. That's why it was a germane when, when, when Leah and we waited to the end of the hearing. Okay. When she said, Hey, do these images, the relief we're requesting is we just want to see the images and check some of the images and check some of these people to make sure they were verified that they're even registered in the County, which is our right as poll watchers. And Nicole Messino as a candidate has a right to examine. You're missing one thing in Pennsylvania law. Okay. You're allowed to challenge. So before all of this even happens, you're allowed to challenge the application itself. Okay. And in order for us to do that, it's $10 per challenge. Hmm. We were challenging. How many, how many ballots? uh, uh, 182,000. Oh, wow. 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 Okay. Hey, if you're going to do this, you need to put up $182,000 in order to challenge these applications. I'm like, oh, well, and, and if you win, then you get your, you get your deposit back. <laughs> I said, so you've set this bar, which is totally unrealistic. So we can actually challenge something which you're not following the law for to begin with. Like, doesn't that just like cancel it out? Can't we just like go back and say you violated the law? So all of the applications should be challenged without a monetary need. Like, I don't know. Because they didn't allow us to do pre-canvassing. The only way during pre-canvassing was, I want to see that one. I want to see that one. I want to see these 30 ballots. Okay. 300 bucks. Okay. But because they didn't allow us to do pre-canvassing, now they said, oh, well, if you want to see any of the ballots, $182,000 now. And that's a problem with the legislature, right? Of how the challenges are conducted. Yes. Well, they, they should. Uh, what we said, our whole argument the whole time, and I think it'll be interesting for the Supreme Court and the Commonwealth Court coming up, is elections are a process. And that's in accordance with the Constitution. It's in accordance with election law. Elections are considered to be a process. It could be several, you know, they have to, you know, issue the ballots, the mail-in ballots, absentee ballots. We have election day, and then there's accounting, and there's an auditing, and they said, it's a process. Okay. And we used to have election day. Mm. So now we have election month, now election season. The Pennsylvania legislature just introduced, they want to they start voting a month before the election in 2024, okay, because they, they, they need an extra month now because they know where they're being watched for cheating. But the bottom line is we said, look at election day used to be, we used to be able to, when voting was decentralized, a poll watcher would be sitting in a, in a precinct where they know everybody there. My precinct is 200 people. I know my neighbors. The, the, the judge of elections is my next-door neighbor. You know, the machine operator is my other next-door neighbor. You know, and the people that are coming in are all people I recognize that are going to the same Wawa, the same restaurants. We all know each other and we see each other. Okay, so now I look at a, a mail-in ballot and they go, oh, Mary's sick in the hospital Joe's on deployment. We used to be able to look at the mail-in ballots and say, yeah, you know, put those through. We'll count them. And there was a process and that was pre-canvassing. Now with decent, with the centralized voting, that's all been taken away purposefully. So now we right. can't see those ballots. And what they've done is they've taken a process and perverted that process, which was very well codified over 200 years. Mm-hmm. And they turned it on its head. In a matter of just three, actually three or four years, they they completely transformed our elections 
into this 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 uh, this. Let's just keep counting votes. And you've seen it happen all over the country. Mm-hmm. Oh, who won? This guy won. We didn't want him to win. Wait a second. We'll be right back. Oh, three <laughs> days later, a big ballot oh, dump. Yeah, we found a bunch of ballots sitting in a mail truck. Oh, we found these ballots in Bob's trunk. You know, oh, oh, look at we found in Allegheny County in May of 2022 during uh, primaries on off election years, about 20 to 25 percent vote in the primary. The whole statewide, nationwide, about 25 percent of the voters vote in a primary. So in May 2022. In Allegheny County, which is Pittsburgh. They finished the day and they got about 20 percent of the people show up in the Allegheny Pittsburgh area. And they say, well, we're missing 33 V drives. We're still looking for them. A week later, they find the V drives and lo and behold, what was it? One hundred and five percent or one hundred and ten percent, one hundred and ten percent, nine percent turnout, one hundred and nine percent turnout in Allegheny County. And we found hundreds of thousands of votes a week, a week later, a week later. So this election season and the things that Lee and I are challenging are like, hey, let's see that. Where did those three to three V drives come from? What's their pedigree? Where's the chain of custody? Where's the hash code? You know, where are the paper tapes that were supposed to go with it? What is the pedigree? Where did this come from? Yeah. And again, I'm not a legal scholar. I'm also not a mathematician, but I'm pretty sure that you can only have up to a hundred percent turnout. You can't have more than a hundred because <laughs> if it, if there's more than a hundred, something's off there. So. It's extra credit, Nick. Yeah. So yeah, you, you you guys are right on the money with this. Uh, you know, the problem of the centralized tabulation and the election month. You know, going back to this something that you said earlier, where I guess according to Pennsylvania statute, poll watchers only have standing to challenge an election on election day. But yet you have election month. So everything leading up to the election and everything after the election, you have no standing. Is that what I'm gathering? Well, that's what they say. But we're, that's still a matter for the courts to decide. But now after the election, this was this was very important. Real quick. We, we filed a case several days after the election. And they said, well, well wait a minute. You don't have standing. And he said, wait a minute. In the first two hearings, you said that we did have standing on election day. Do you remember that? And they're like, oh, damn it. Yeah. OK, you had election but wait, wait a minute, you didn't file the case on election day. So he says, so if I get hit by a car, by a drunk driver, and I'm in a coma for a month, because I didn't file the day I got hit by the car, that I, you know, I, my standing is no longer in place. It's, it, was a, it, was, it was a very weak argument in their case, and the judge did agree with us in that case where we said, of course we had standing. We have standing on election day, and as the following days, and as a repercussion of election day, we are uh, uh, an intervener, and we are a representative of the candidate and, to a certain extent, the citizenry, because we're the only ones with standing with a voice. So to your point is, there's certain things we have uh, standing on Election Day and things that happened on Election Day and afterwards we filed, you know, we continue to file. So we, we still have a lot of litigative stakes to put in the ground, and we're continuing to do yeah. And, and I have a hard time keeping track with them all because they all kind of blend together. But that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So just to kind of summarize what we've got so far, you guys, uh, you have this writ of certiorari with the Supreme Court regarding, you know, your original December 2020 complaint uh, regarding the general election. SCOTUS is going to a conference on uh, January 20th to decide you need four justices on that one. 
to agree to hear the case. And, and what you're asking for is effectively an opinion regarding spoliation. Like if I catch you guys deleting evidence, does that render the certification of the uh, is that grounds to decertify the election? We want you, we want the Supreme Court to give an opinion on that to set a precedent going forward. We're, we're also asking about standing. We want the Supreme Court to give a decision on these things so that going forward, when you when you when you have an election and you challenge it, then there's that precedent there because they've given their opinion. That's what we're trying to get here. And you guys also have, uh, you know, the the case regarding 2022, where you, when you guys came on the show before, you filed an injunction to stop the certification which was denied, but that case, just so you guys know, is still ongoing. The I underlying mean, case, that was just an injunction. That's just right, right. One, one thing. So we still got that iron in the fire. And um, what I've heard from you is that effectively they are running out the clock, so to speak, or they're, they're, they haven't even assigned a judge to the case. Correct. They're, try, they're trying to stall on that one. But you guys are entitled to a hearing. Mm-hmm. They have to give you a hearing, right, per yes. – uh, pennsylvania statute and you guys this time around one of the things i'm extremely you know impressed by is that you took what you learned from 2020 and all the ways that they blocked you and shut you down regarding you know standing and latches and all this stuff you took all the things you learned and you shifted your game plan and strategy for 2022 so um so i guess that's where we're at on that one now you have the other case regarding uh, Jim Savage and, and James Allen. What's the status of that one? So that is sitting in the um, that we uh, the Commonwealth Court of Pennsylvania. Uh, Greg and I are representing ourselves uh, in that case uh, as well. So that is sitting. Um, nothing has been done at this point. They did try to block us um, from getting our paperwork in on time, and uh, we're not communicating very well. And this is the um, this is where the uh, Judge Whalen's. Um, opinion comes into play and his fraudulent activity uh, on the docket and curing the docket um, to cover, you know, himself, except he got caught and we called him out on it. But that's just sitting there for now. Nothing's been scheduled yet. Wait wait a second. I don't want to gloss over that one. So the judge effectively in that case has committed a felony. Correct. And and you guys have actually, (laughs) you guys have actually called him out on it. So I don't want to gloss over that. Let's go into detail on that. The judge committed a felony. Well, let me adjust. So what happened is, is they didn't assign. We filed the case originally in October 2021. They tried to run the clock up for 90 days. You have 90 days to complete the filing of a case. We had 98 exhibits. They fought us for almost three months filing the exhibits. They wouldn't let us file. At one point, they locked the doors of the, of the judicial support room and wouldn't even let, you know, let us in. So we finally got the case filed on January 1st, completed. We initially filed it October 21st. Okay, and we ended up, you know, curating and completing and filing with all the exhibits on January 1st. Then they waited six months until June 22nd to assign Judge Whalen. On July 15th, Judge Whalen enters a one-page order that says it's moot for the following reasons. All these people have been seated. You know, the congressman has been seated. The the U.S. president has been seated. And all these things are done. So your case is moot. Now, we had multiple motions. We had a sir reply in that are required to be ruled on before you can even do that. But he just said, nope, the entire case is moot. So we immediately filed an appeal. And we're allowed until 30 days. We file an appeal in August. 
So now we're eight months after we filed, we filed an appeal. At that case, the case is supposed to be sealed. You know, it's, it's done. No more opinions, no more nothing. We had a whole bunch more uh, procedures because they tried to sanction us, which were, were all adjudicated and thrown out. But the judge had a responsibility to file an opinion, which he never did. So fast forward to November, end of November, they again try to tank our case in the Commonwealth Court and outweighed us. And we, 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 what we did is they didn't notify us because we were pro se, pro se applicants or represented pro se. So we just filed in the blind, we file a response. And we said, listen, we're, we're sending this out, you know, in the blind. We're sending back our, our complete petition, our complete. To cover ourselves. To cover ourselves because no one said anything to us. We haven't received any scheduling. We haven't received any notice. And, and we can't let the, because there's timelines. Had we not done that. They could have tanked the case and just said, well, you didn't you didn't file a timely appeal. So we we having solved that problem, then they come back and they say, well, you didn't file a proper notice. OK, so now the end of November comes and finally the Commonwealth Court, after we cure all this, the Commonwealth Court says to the court, send us the transmittal of all the records. Now, Judge Whalen, who wrote that one page order with no opinion, sitting there going, well, this looks pretty bad. So he writes a six-page opinion, which is completely against appellate procedure. You're not allowed to amend or change the record after the appeal. He writes a six-page opinion, and then what he does is he appends his original order to it. He's got no date on no dates at all on the six-page opinion. He takes the original order with the date. He takes the July date and uses photo, it's a photoshopped image, takes a photoshopped image of the July image, enters it into the docket, now November 21st, and then overlays the July date over it. So the opinion and the order all look like they're done in July. So So we fabricated the opinion because we're going to go to the Commonwealth Court and they're going to say, well, there's no judge opinion. There's no opinion. Why, why isn't there an opinion here? So he sits there, he files an opinion afterwards, and I think he was expecting us not to, Cash. you know, a lawyer would sit there. A lawyer's got to be heard by all these judges. A guy who's making his living in the media or any court, they're not going to go to the judge and say, hey, you just committed a felony. You're doing document tampering. You, you overlaid this image. You wrote an opinion six months after you did an order. Who the hell does that? Now they're stuck. We filed a motion. You know, we did file a motion to strike. We said, hey, look, you can't file this as a matter of appellate procedure. It's improper. You tampered with the document. You didn't transmit all the records up to the Commonwealth Court like you're required to. You you, you fabricated a date timestamp. You've got to strike this and take this out. Now, Delaware County is well, well known, well known for doing this, for, 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 for committing these crimes. Judges... Um, you know, clerks and so on and so forth, where they they tamper with the documents, curate and, the docket, yeah, and, and well, and curate both. Um, so we knew this going going into uh, this this mix, and then when we finally caught them, I was like, "Holy smokes!" I'm like, "They are just brazen! Like, have no care in the world." And it's because they've never been called out. So Greg and I decided. Um, mm. Yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna file that and put it on the court record that you're a you're a felon. It's the truth, though. It's the yeah. bottom line is is 
the, the, the defense to this is it's the truth. And if it's not the truth, have a hearing. Well, it's been 30 days. Well, 20, 28 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they haven't even assigned another. Uh, well, they have. Excuse me. That was for the spoliation case for the Commonwealth. And Leah, I think the Jim Savage case he was talking about was the one they filed in Philadelphia. So Savage and Allen case are related to the Commonwealth. No, the Jim. Is he asking about the Jim Savage case? No. Okay. Uh, At this was... point, I'm not even sure, but uh, <laughs> I don't care. It, it all melts together. So. so that's the defamation case in Philadelphia. So now yeah. we have the, the ones against us. We have two defamation cases, one from Jim Savage in Philadelphia, which is also um, our co-defendants, our President Trump and Rudy Giuliani. And then the most recent one, the most recent defamation case is in Delaware County, which is Jim Allen and Jim Savage against us. Yeah, so 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 I remember that he filed a defamation case against Trump and Giuliani, and that was before you guys came out with this whistleblower footage yeah. showing him committing felonies and yeah. saying he knows it's a felony, right? That was him. Yes. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. October. It was in October. So in, good luck uh, with that defamation case, buddy. Yeah, exactly. And Been this pushed out to next year. <clears throat> the most recent one in Delaware County, the Federalist is also being sued as well as Newsmax. Um, so there are co-defendants as well. A lot going on. A lot to keep track of. Um, that's why I'm happy to have you guys on the show to give get everybody up to speed. And, um, you know, that's really, really interesting. The, the judge committing a felony sounds like he was just kind of covering his ass and expected nobody to catch it. Or if they did catch it, they wouldn't call him out. But that's the benefit of having you guys pro se. Because, you know, these attorneys, they're like all part of the same country club. You know, they're rubbing elbows with everybody and cutting these backroom deals I've heard about stuff like this with with judges and attorneys. They're like, hey, you give me this one, I'll give you this one the next time, blah, 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 blah. They're not going to call out a judge for something like that, no. uh, but you guys will. You guys yes. will. Punch and them I, right in the teeth. That's, that's our motto. Punch them right square in the teeth. What else are we going to do at this point? I mean. Mm-hmm. We don't have a choice. Right. You think about it, what, are they going to hate us more? If you look at it, is 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 you know when we filed uh, we filed an amendment to the complaint for 2022. We originally just named the Board of Elections and the Bureau of Elections because that's all we could name. We didn't have names. So after the hearings, we said, well, now during the hearings, they named Jim Allen, they named Robert Wright, they named the solicitors, you know, McBlaine, uh, they named the county commissioners, you know, Christine Ruther, excuse me, county council. So we said, okay. We're amending the complaint. We're naming these people by name in their official capacity. We're not suing them individually. We said in order to have a proper trial, okay, maybe there'll be some future case where they're named individually in their persons. But right now, in their official capacity, this guy in his official capacity ordered this guy in his official capacity to break the law. So we're we're sticking to the facts. We're, you know, taking one step at a time. We also named Delaware County the county, you know, as a defendant, as a named defendant, because we said, look, at all these people are related. And we now know that they are now that we know who those named defendants are. The law allows us to amend our complaint actually at any time, but certainly in the first 90 days of the trial. Of course, they objected to this and they, you know, objection. We want the whole case stricken again. And we responded to that. I think the docket for people who are aficionados of the law is pretty, um, pretty interesting. Uh, it's good reading for both attorneys and people. It's uh, we, we, Lee and I write in plain language, uh, so we, we do that on purpose so that people can read. It's readable as opposed to a lot of the legal treatises are like denied, you know, a, a, a lot, you know, you know, admitted in part, 
you know, and it's a lot of legalese, which is not very readable. But Lee and I write in a very readable format on purpose because we know this is a part of the public record. And also we're speaking to the appellate courts in the future. So this way, you know, when the appellate courts, if they if it gets to the appellate procedure, the Commonwealth Court and the Supreme Court, the Superior Court, the Third Circuit Court can look and say, what the heck was going on? And Lee and I write in a conversational reason for that reason. So they can read two pages and say, okay, now I get it. I'm not trying to, you know, discern and put a puzzle together. So it's very entertaining reading for people who want to go to, they can go to www.patriot.online and go to the, there's a link there for election resources. All our cases are there. All our filings are there. Uh, You can go to SCOTUS search to find our SCOTUS case at 22-503. And uh, we suggest you read the petition. There's a whole bunch of filings there, Uh, you know, uh, word counts, appendices, and so forth. But if you just go to the petition, uh, 22-503, you can actually even skip down to the statement several pages. So the whole case, you can read, you know, 15 to 20 pages, and they're, they're very small pages. So you can familiarize, familiarize yourself with the case in, in, in minutes. Yep, and that's where I did all my homework for this uh, interview, and I'm going to put that in the chat, patriots.online, for everybody that wants to. Because uh, there are people out there, you know, <clears throat> like we said, we're not legal scholars, but in fact— the population out there interested in hearing about that, you know, listening to this interview are some of the most informed people on planet Earth and uh, brilliant minds out there. So anybody that wants to read up on this, then just go to Patriots.online. That's how I, you know, got caught up to speed. Everything is there now. <clears throat> you know, we're at the hour and 10 mark. So I want to just ask you guys uh, a very important question, because I'm one of, I'm, I'm kind of on in the same boat with a lot of other people where. I don't have confidence in SCOTUS, you know, just everything that I've seen so far. So what is it? You guys have this writ of certiorari. We will find out what happens on January 20th. But if you guys don't, if they don't hear the case, they don't give you a trial. You don't get the opinion uh, regarding standing and spoliation like we want. What's the next step? I know you got other irons in the fire as far as litigation, but what is the next step? I I heard you say you were going to go to Congress the next step is Congress. Um, and what exactly does that mean? So you, uh, there is a, a specific filing, um, and I'm not going to talk about it because <laughs> I don't want to give away all of our secrets, um, but something uh, that we have been uh, well informed about uh, in what we can do. Technically, the First Amendment says that you redress your government. And when you redress your government, it's not through the court system. You're actually redressing Congress. So um, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to take the proper procedures in um, redressing the, the Congress, not only in Pennsylvania, but the United States Congress as well. Um, there's a few other uh, things that we have uh, up our sleeve um, that, again, I don't want to give too much because I already gave a, a good amount in, in our most recent case. Um, but there's um, all these things that we have to do to exhaust our administrative remedies according to the Constitution. Um, and these are these are the pathways that have been taken in, in history, especially you know prior to the Civil War. You know, it took years and years and years before they actually got to any kind of kinetic uh, response. So, and that's what we want to avoid. We don't want war here. Uh, we don't want a civil war here. Um, but you know, they have to understand that we're no longer the status quo is no longer, and we're not going to sit back. Uh, and and uh, quite honestly, these people don't scare me. They don't scare me at all. Uh, the, the end result is is uh, we either are going to have 
a, a republic or we're going to have a tyrannical government. So well, I'll, I'll tell you something, Leah, you, you scare me. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I would hate to be on the other side of your, <laughs> you know, uh, no, I'm yeah. serious. Oh, well, you're a fighter. A warrior. Yeah. Well, it, it comes with uh, the adversity in my life. And, you know, I, I feel like we're, um, we're, we're tools, you know, for, for God. And I really do feel that way. We were put on this earth for, for a reason. And my purpose is to, is to fulfill my duties as a citizen um, and, and um, as a God-fearing patriot and also to hand over a country to my child. Uh, most importantly, uh, he, needs, he needs to have his liberty and to, um, and to enjoy all the things that I got to enjoy, you know, growing up in this, in this wonderful country. And it's worth fighting for. Absolutely. And I think we're all right there with you. As a father myself, I feel the exact same way. It's absolutely terrifying to think what would happen if you just sit back and let this thing play out the, the you know, the places they want to take us. And, uh, man, so <clears throat> if everybody was Aaliyah Hoops and a Gregory Stenstrom, I think that we would we would be doing okay. We just have to try to get the message out there, get the word out there. And if, if you guys, you know, some people are uh, time poor. You know, they're very wrapped up in other areas of their life. But the least we could do is support these two. And, you know, you can do that by going to patriot.online. Uh, so I understand you guys got some sanctions, but that was that was that was dropped, right? Uh, yes. Uh, OK, but I was, was dropped. Uh, I don't know what else is coming, but we do. We do have defamation cases um, and these filings. Um, you know, we don't have the the luxury of having attorneys. Uh, and I can't even begin to tell you the countless amount of hours it takes for us to do this work. Um, and the investigative part and do, you know, um, the shows and do the keeping up with the books and everything else. Like this is our life. This is, this has become our livelihoods because they've stolen them, uh, from us. You know, you can't do this and actually like run like, a, a you know, a successful business to be quite honest, uh, everything that we've been through, cause it's constant fighting, you know, the, our enemy doesn't sleep. Um, so this has become our, this has become our life, um, and, and, you know, for, for good reason. Uh, we do have the book, and I, I just put it in the chat. But this week until the 16th, there's a 10% discount on the, on the books uh, at www.parallelelection.com. And the best thing that you can do for yourself uh, is to educate yourself and to understand uh, what's happening in Delaware County because it's what's happening all over the country. Um, so educate yourself first and, uh, and, and get some knowledge and some courage. And it will help you to, uh, to focus on your own backyard. I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you can get caught up in all the craziness that's going on in the country, but really where you can do the most damage and the most work, uh, effective work, is in your own in your own backyard and start there. Absolutely. I mean, we see a pretty, pretty much a, a cookie-cutter system that they're using across the country, but the only – I mean, we, we have to get involved at the local level. We have to get involved fighting in our backyard. I agree with that 100%. And uh, the two of you are like – like a David versus Goliath story. I, I mean, you guys are standing up to the deep state, punching back, uh, kicking people in the teeth, and we love to see it, and we, we are definitely behind you. So uh, anybody that's, you know, compelled by the work that they've been doing, again, encourage you guys to go to patriot.online. The first time I misspoke, I said patriots. It's just patriot, singular, dot online. And uh, we're going to be following this. We're definitely going to give you all an update uh, following January twentieth and whatever the Supreme Court decides, but then again, remember there's also there's there's so many different litigations going on, and they're trying to slow walk this. They're trying to, I mean, 
delay justice, and uh, we know that justice delayed is justice denied. Uh, but the thing is, you guys just continue to put more irons in the fire. And when when they shut you down, they say you lack standing or it's moot. You you just move on to the next thing. You guys are never going to stop, and that's what we need. That's exactly what we need. So I'm I'm always happy to have you on. Just shoot me a text if you ever want to come back. And um, you'll you know, be the first to know about the uh, January twentieth decision. It'll be that following Monday that we'll find out. Oh, I'll be on it. I'll find out before you tell me. I'll be on it. <laughs> so, so excellent. Is there anything else that we missed? Uh, I I tried to hit on certain things, but anything you guys want to add? Um, no, we're just uh, you know fighting the good fight, and uh, we need we need as much support as we possibly can. Um, thank you, Nick, for seriously all your support and just the excellent work that you do. It's very much appreciated. Um, I try to I try to scream your name everywhere. So I do the same same with you guys. I have tremendous respect, tremendous respect. Um, and I'm glad to hear that it's at least somewhat mutual. So <laughs> I appreciate it. And uh, if you guys would just, you know, take that share button, you know, or, or just take this link and share it around. Get more eyes on this. I don't know if you guys have more interviews set up in the near future, but. Uh, coming uh, in. OK, cool. So you guys are hitting the you guys are going on tour. So I'll be I'll be looking for you. And uh, in the meantime, if you guys could share this, smash the rumble button. You know, I don't know if there's an algorithm that I don't know if that'll help, but. <laughs> Anyways, so I want to thank you all for watching and tuning in, and we'll have these guys back uh, as soon as we get some decisions made. All right, so anyways. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com, that's www.trimwithus.com, to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. 
Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.